Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 10th of January, 2024. Flyers Daily presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Flyers are back in action tonight. Uh, they'll be at Wells Fargo Center to take on La Habitante, the Montreal Canadiens in town. Final home game for the Flyers before they head out on a trip coming up on Friday in Minnesota, Saturday against Winnipeg, and then Monday in St. Louis. Then they'll come home from the 18th to the 23rd, take on Dallas, Colorado, Ottawa, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Then they'll hit one road game in Detroit on the 25th, and they'll wrap up the month on the 27th against the Boston Bruins at Wells Fargo Center. Montreal in the season, 39 games, 17-17-5, and 39 points, minus 26 in goal differential, 5-4-1 and one in their last 10 and they would, did win their last game. Flyers, 40 games, 20-14-6, and six, 46 points, 3-4-3. Three, three, pretty erratic in their last 10, plus 4 in goal differential. And they did lose their last game. That was against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Tonight will be the Flyer debut of defenseman Jamie Drysdale. He'll get his first game as a member of the Philadelphia Flyers yesterday had his first practice as a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. And what a whirlwind, you know, 24, 36 hours it must be for Jamie Drysdale. I brought it up on yesterday's episode. He was leaving from Anaheim to go on a two-week road trip to head to Nashville with the Ducks, packed for that. Then all of a sudden he gets traded. He was on a flight yesterday, a 5, I think he said 5.45 a.m. flight to Philadelphia. Got here in time from Nashville. Probably carrying his own equipment through the terminal uh, from Nashville. Gets here to Philadelphia, probably take him right over to the practice facility, meet everybody, meet the coaches, meets the players, kind of gets the quick 10 minute tour of the facility. Here's the bathroom, here's the shower, here's where you park, here's where everything, right? And get out on the ice with his new team, <laughs> uh, go through a practice, a brief practice with his new team, uh, have some more meetings with coaches and, and those kind of things. And uh, meet with the media. I mean, what a dizzying 36 hours. And I love one thing that Jamie said was that when John Tortorella called him, said, I, I know it's chaotic and all that, but don't worry about the logistics. Just come in, get comfortable. So they'll have people helping with all of those logistic things like, oh, my God, my apartment in, in Anaheim or wherever I live. Who's going to pay the electric bill? What about my stuff? Uh, my cat needs to be, you know, all the, they'll take care of all of that stuff. Um, but I'm sure it's crazy. He left Anaheim for two weeks for a road trip, assuming he'd be right back in two weeks. But now he probably can't go back to Anaheim because the Flyers aren't going to California. Can't just go, hey, we got two days off from a game. I'll pop over to my old house and take care of some of this stuff. It's across the country. You know, now you're not going to be back there until whenever the Flyers season ends. I mean, at earliest, if you don't make the playoffs, that's mid-April. <laughs> you make the playoffs at that's two more weeks easily. So uh, I think about these things, the human element with the player, uh, but the hockey element of Jamie Drysdale. And we're going to get to a bunch in just a second of Flyer fan reactions the day after. After the shock of this deal that none of us saw coming, you has a chance to settle. You have a chance to think about it. You have a chance maybe to hear some more reporting on it, and you can kind of you know, get your legs under you and, and and attack your thoughts from a sane mind where the emotion is worn off. I mean, immediately you hear, guy doesn't want to play here, bleep him, right? 
And I think there's still a lot of that, to be honest with you. But, you know, you th- and then you go, okay, how this all played out, the timeline, which we're hearing more about through various reports from Frege and Dragger and, and other guys. And you go, okay, there's a couple things that I'm really happy about. And there's a couple things that I'm not happy about. So let me start about w- with what I'm not happy about. Let's get that off my chest right away. You know, upon further review the day after, I was really looking forward to the player. I'm not going to all of a sudden come on here and pretend oh, I wasn't that high on Cutter Gauthier anyway. I didn't think he'd be that great. That, that would be me being totally disingenuous and lying because I do think that he's got a great skill set. He had something that I thought the Flyers need, and I still think they need, and that he could bring to the table. You know, a a strong skater that can shoot the puck from anywhere. Showed in the World Juniors he could make set-up plays and be a distributor. All these things, I still believe. And in a way, you know, I'm hurt that he's not going to be here. I'm hurt that he doesn't want to play here. I'm not taking it personally, per se, but there is a little bit, like, I look at that player and go, you would have been a great player here. This city would have loved you. Think about how we love the guys that score goals. Go back to Reggie Leach or John LeClaire, guys who could fill the net up. Like, we love those guys in Philadelphia. You know, those guys that can put up goals from anywhere, power or precision, whatever it is. We love those guys. And I think he would have been beloved here. But this element that you didn't want to play here, I had him on this podcast the night he was drafted two years ago. And he was over the moon. He and I talked about the fact that his mom was from Reading. He knows Philadelphia. He knows the expectations of the city, blah, 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 blah. And said, I was built to be a flyer. But obviously, circumstance changed. Whatever that circumstance is, I don't know that we know for sure yet. To me, it sounds like he wanted to sign at the end of his college season last year. Um, That was the changing of the guard time. His college season ended on March 11th. Flyers let Chuck Fletcher go on March 10th. Danny Breer was named interim GM on March 12th. It's a very transitional period. But then I guess he wanted to be signed at the end of the season to come in this year, and they didn't want to guarantee him a spot on the Flyers which I think is always the right thing to do. I don't think anything given to somebody means as much as something earned. And I think he could have come in and earned it and played for the team this season. And and look, maybe got benched at times. Travis Konechny gets benched at times. Travis Sanheim gets benched at times. Joel Farabee sat there and worked the door after playing 57 seconds in a game. He's been in the league a number of years because you got to earn it and you got to go out and you're accountable. And he, his game is not a finished product, Cutter Gauthier. So he could have come in here and, and earned it and worked through that. But I guess he took that personally. And the thing that I'm angry about is that he, the agent, the family, whoever, didn't have the guts to sit across the table from people, look them in the eye and say, I don't want to be here anymore, and here's why. It's a massive character red flag for me. It's a huge character red flag. If somebody drafts me and puts that commitment into me after pre-draft meetings 
and then I go out and I say I was born to be a flyer, and now I don't, I don't not take the meeting. I sit down and explain my position and say, I'm not changing my mind. I don't want to be there. It would be beneficial for all of us to try and trade me. I won't let it out that I don't want to be there. And we can all go our separate ways and make it a win-win situation. He didn't do that. When John LeClaire and Patrick Sharp in November go to BC, he shoots down a meeting. John LeClaire is one of the great American-born players in the history of the game. Played at the University of Vermont, three fifty goal seasons in a row. Played for Team USA. And Patrick Sharp, another great player, won three cups, and you send them home without a meeting? Danny Briere, Keith Jones, and Patrick Sharp go to Sweden, and the family or the or him won't meet with them after the tournament. It's huge character red flag for me. And it's, a, and it's a character issue that I can't get over. When that happens, you got to move on. And so that, that for me is what I don't like. What I do like is this, that this did not get out publicly, that this has been going on for months since the World Hockey Championships, and we had no idea. Nobody had any idea. The team was able to talk to upwards of 18 teams is what is being reported. And it never got out. If it gets out, the leverage that Danny Brihera has all of a sudden is kaputs. It's gone. Player doesn't want to play for you. Why am I going to give you a premium if he doesn't want to play for you? I mean, look, in hockey circles, they know a lot of information. But it, it would have killed any leverage he had in any deal. Because now it becomes a big storyline and you have to rush to get it done. So the fact that it didn't get out, that the team is able, with Danny Briere, Keith Jones, and Dan Helferty, to operate under cloak and dagger for deals like this to happen, to maximize the return in this situation, which is a pretty cruddy situation that they were put in, is is pretty remarkable. And look, the Flyers were a leaky organization over the last couple of years. A lot of stuff would get out to national guys and people getting reports and this and that. But think about the hiring of Keith Jones. Nobody had any clue it was coming, myself included. No idea. All of a sudden, it's Keith Jones is looks like he's going to be the next president. I go, what? Is Jonesy even interested in that? I didn't even know. Nobody knew. How about the fact that Matt Vaymichkov, before the NHL draft, was playing bubble hockey at the Flyers training facility with his brother and his family as he came in to meet with the Flyers pre-draft? Nobody knew that until after the draft. And then now, obviously, this situation with Cutter Gauthier, which we had no idea about. That is a very good thing, that this organization can batten down the hatches when it needs to and get business done properly. Now, the other thing that I think is important is that when this did obviously break, the organization immediately snapped into, we need to let our fans know what the hell's going on. And we need to do it succinctly, strategically, and we need to do it now. So it breaks with eight minutes into the first period against the Penguins. First intermission, Danny Briere meets with the media right away. Very transparent, answers questions. He didn't want to be here, all that stuff. 
Second intermission of the game, Danny Briere's in the radio booth. Keith Jones is in the TV booth. Dan Hilferty's with the Snow the Goalie guys on their intermission. All talking about it and being transparent. Same message. Wasn't a different message pending who you talk to. Same message. The truth. Letting the fans know what happened here because they deserve a right to know. So for that, that's how it's done. That's how a team is run. That is incredibly impressive. All right, let's get to uh, some Twitter responses here. I put in the tweet, and I just, and we're going to do these over a couple of days because this is going to reside for a little bit because I've gotten so many responses, over 100 responses to this tweet. I just said for tomorrow's Flyers Daily, after the shock of the Gauthier trade uh, for Drysdale in a second-round pick in 2025, how are the Flyers fans feeling today? Drop your thoughts and opinions below, and we'll get to a bunch on the podcast. Uh, the first one from Finn says, totally fine. He said, wonder how Cutter is going to improve his defensive uh, defense and zone transition to be able to make it as a center. Didn't like his defense during the World Junior Championship, uh, but his offense will be incredibly hard to replace. Michkov, I beg of you to come home soon. He said, excited for Drysdale. Well, first of all, I don't think that he's going to be a center in Anaheim. You've got three there already. And you've got two that are definitely going to be ahead of, or three. Well, you've got Zegers, you've got... McTavish, and you've got Carlson. He's going to play the wing there in Anaheim. I don't think he's going to be a center. Uh, Greg uh, tweets in, Greg Cellini. He says, happy to nip this in the bud now and get this kind of return uh, that we did as opposed to losing him down the line potentially for a lot less. No room on this team for, quote, me guys. I'd rather rather go play in obscurity on the West Coast uh, than be a star in a major market. Good riddance. Very well said, Greg. Danny tweets and says, I feel good. I look at this as a pivot. Flyers have been in need of a first pair right-handed D for years since Desjardin. Well, they did have uh, Kimo Timon in. Uh, opportunities to get players like Drysdale do not come often. He said, I'm looking forward to seeing how Danny maneuvers going uh, to the deadline and then the draft. This is a pivot. So going in, if you had Gauthier, you still had the need for the top pair right side D. And now that you get Drysdale, he goes here, but the need is now over here for a forward. So that you're subbing one need for another. Now, the thing I'm really excited about, Drysdale is an incredible skater and a guy that can run a power play very well. He is a guy that can get the puck out of the zone quick. He does have to improve his defending. Here's the good news. John Tortorella and Bradshaw. Those two, what they've done with Travis Sanheim, Cam York, Sean Walker to some extent, Nick Sealer, Rasmus Ristolainen, and most notably lately, Igor Zamula, is pretty impressive the way they can develop D-men. And D-men of different types. Go back to the days when Torts was in Columbus. Zach Warinsky. He's an offensive-minded defenseman. So that is a great thing. Um, Tyler tweeted in and said, the only thing that irks me about getting Drysdale is thinking that we could have drafted Perot at 22 instead of Bonk with the second pick in the first uh, round last year, knowing what we do now, picking up a possible top pair right shot D-man. Once again, no one else's fault other than, quote, the quitter. Okay. Um, I thought about that as well. Um, I don't know if Bonk is ticketed to be a top pairing right side guy, but to me, you can't ever have enough good quality right shot D in your system. 
Um, but it does it feel a little redundant, Tyler? Absolutely. Um, Dr. Spaceman says, sucks about Cutter, but I like the dry, Drysdale pivot, and I'm optimistic based on how well we've developed our other D-men, just what I was talking about. He said, I liked also getting the second rounder. Uh, with his acquisition, it opens up moving one of the others that teams have called about, either Risto, Sealer, or Walker, for another asset if we want. Now, so how does that play out? You bring up, you know, Ristolainen, and Sealer, and Walker. How does this play out now? you got another right-side guy. Does Travis Sanheim now move back to the left side? Do you put Sanheim and Drysdale together on a top pair? Drysdale on the right side, Sanheim on the left. Then you put Sean Walker, at least for the time being, with Cam York on the second pair. And then on the third pair, you have Rasmus Ristolainen, and you can put either Sealer or Zamula there. That's how you can do it, deal with it now. But yeah, you do have some ability now to make some some variability to make some moves happen. Uh, XJ Sesquela. I actually got a new email or a new uh, Twitter account. He said, happy to have Drysdale. He seems to want to be here and is an extremely talented young player. Totally agree. Top-end skater, just needs to avoid injuries and find consistency. You, you find that with a lot of, lot of D-men, young D-men in the NHL. Um, I agree. That's uh, well stated. Um, change is coming, tweets in says, if it's true that he wanted to turn pro, but the Flyers were unwilling because of a bonus overage, it was a miss by Briere and Comp, I'm not sure, I guess the company, but they have dodged a bullet in the sense that it smells like I want it my way type of attitude and could have caused issues in the future. I, I don't know about the overage situation. I'm not sure if that was the case, uh, that they didn't want to carry an overage into the season. I've seen that reported as well. But again, to your point, change is coming. Um, this I want it my way thing, and because it didn't work out perfectly my way, I'm not going to meet with you. I don't know, no longer want to be a member of your organization. It seems awfully petty to to go that far in the situation. Uh, Robert Solario tweets in, 100% on board with this. If Drysdale is healthy and a top-pair defenseman, you can't lose Drysdale. You can't lose. He says Drysdale has more of a chance to control the pace of the game from the back end than a first-line left wing. Both are really good players, but we were not shortchanged. I agree, and that, that's still hard for me to kind of come to full terms with because I really wanted to see Cutter Gauthier as a flyer. Like, I'm not over that part yet. It's going to take me some time. Uh, let's get to one more in this episode. Hey, Jason, this is from Jim Shovelin. Keep up the great work. He would said, I think I was thinking that Danny B made a whole lot, made a whole lot out of a bad situation. He also used this to bolster the attitude of the fan base and the team with the quote, "We don't need you if you don't want to be here." End quote. He said, I think this could be a defining moment in the rebuild. Jim, I, I thought about that earlier. There is an element of Look, if you don't want to be here, then we don't want you here. We are building something, building something special, and that's that starts with guys that want to be here and be a part of the culture. So you are dead right, Jim. Thank you. All right, let's wrap it up there. As the Flyers will take on the Habs tonight, we'll break it down tomorrow, and we'll get our first look at Jamie Drysdale tonight wearing number nine for the Philadelphia Flyers. Everybody, have a great day. Enjoy the hockey tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.